0: Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast.
0: Welcome inside episode 199 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller out in Canmore. And today's episode, yes, it's brought to you by Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That'll get you 20% off your first order. 20%. That's about how well the Nodak Sense shot against Western Michigan in their 8-2 win yes the shots on goal after the first period were 18 to 2 a reflection of the game itself but the best news came after the game where's tyler clevin headed we'll tell you and how close were we to seeing a belleville Sens super team all that and some controversy this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Monday, December 7th. We have a very busy show, but first off, we have to wish a happy 36th birthday to former Senator Milan McCulloch, my dog's namesake, and Pillsy, the last Senator to have a 30-goal season. When's the next time you think we could see a 30-goal Ottawa Senator?
1: Well, I feel pretty confident that uh, it's not going to be this season, mostly only because it's a shortened season. If we get a full season, you probably get two, three, four, 30 goal scores. No, I'm just kidding. But I think, honestly, like not, not this season, but the next, you could get one or two guys getting close to that mark, like at least high 20s. I don't think that's too crazy.
0: You got to think newly acquired Evgeny Dadnov would be the best chance at that number. Although, Brady, two years, two 20 goal seasons, and we'll tell you where he may have ended up. Had COVID not ruined the last hockey season, but the story, not the 8-2 win, but Tyler Clevin being invited to Team USA's camp. We knew after the first intermission, Jake Sanderson told Alex Heinert he was flying to Plymouth right after the game, but he didn't know that he'd have his buddy Tyler Clevin alongside him. How awesome of an opportunity is this for Mr. Clevin?
1: An incredible opportunity for Tyler Clevin. And I mean, when you score goals like that as a big, mean defenseman, how do you not give this guy's phone a ring? Like when you when you get a guy that's showing in his, what, third college game that he can throw hits, he can handle the puck. He can skate. He can play defensively, responsible. Like Tyler Clevin is really proving that he's a lot better than I think a lot of scouts and people thought he was. And he's going to get a chance to prove it to the world here if he gets uh, onto this USA World Junior team.
0: We should note that the circumstances surrounding his arrival to Team USA camp, not the best. Boston University had a positive COVID test. So three invitees, one forward, one goalie, and the defenseman, Alex Vlasic, are unavailable to attend. But that other, I mentioned, one was a forward, one's a D, one's a goalie. They brought in two defensemen and a goalie. So stiffer competition. He's far from a lock to make the team as of right now. He's going to have to battle with Hunter Skinner, the other newly added to the roster, and whack of others. There's 10 defensemen now at USA Camp. I believe they'll bring eight. So two guys, and you would think the two guys with the furthest chance, the last two, to be brought in. but Pilsy, when you're sniping like Tyler Clevin, that's one thing. But in a 7-1 game, laying the body, pinching in the offensive zone down to the hash mark, that encapsulates what kind of player you're getting in Tyler Clevin. Shift in and shift out. This guy doesn't care about the score. He's out there to punish the opposition.
1: Yeah, and I like that a lot, especially because I think it was pretty obvious that Coach Brad Bradbury pulled the reins back on this team once it started getting out of hand. It didn't want to run the score up. But, however that doesn't mean that you you just stop playing hard. And that's Tyler Clevin. He's got something to prove. He's got a lot to prove. I mean, not a lot of the time players say they tune out a lot of the media attention and the news and Twitter and stuff like that. But I'm sure he saw some of it and he's, he's looking to prove people wrong and he deserves this chance. Like he's played well in his first three games and, Team USA, sure, like you said, the, the circumstances are a little different than what you would hope as uh, COVID-related issues causing these roster changes and uh, open spots in this camp. But I think Tyler Clevin, he's got just as good a shot as anyone to make this team, and we're going to see what happens here.
0: But Pelzi, I, hot take alert, you don't want him to make Team USA.
1: Okay. Okay. Phrasing, phrasing. I think I, I want him to make Team USA. I think that'd be great, but I think it'd be better for him and for UND if he doesn't make the team, because let's be honest, if he makes Team USA, he's probably at best a bottom pair defenseman. And you're when you're in these kind of tournaments, you're riding your, your best defenseman. Like the top two pairs are going to play a ridiculous amount of minutes and that bottom pair probably just getting plugged in here or there. Whereas if he stays at UND... He's going to get really good opportunity to get good minutes. This is his first year experience in college, so it would be great to get uh, close to a full season there. And UND only has six defensemen now. If And this is uh, extreme circumstances coming the other way too. This is a pod. You can't just bring in new defensemen. Like, who they got is who they got. We, we talked about it with uh, the Broncos goalie. That's just the situation. So I almost would prefer... If Clevin, you know, has a good camp, has a good showing, but doesn't quite make the team, comes back to UND, gets an opportunity to play big minutes for North Dakota and really gets some good development under his feet here. Because this is a weird year where, uh, and if you read Brad Schlossman's article talking about how normally when guys are taken from UND to play for World Juniors, they only miss like two games. It's really not a big deal. Whereas this year, you're going to miss a lot of games in this college hockey season.
0: Well, the only thing is this pod only goes through the 20th. So depending on how quickly he either makes the team or gets cut, what if he misses these games just being at camp and then he gets back to what, play one game? So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if you ask him, he'd tell you he wants to pull on that red, white, and blue. This is a guy who was a um, two-year stud at the U.S. national team. So he's worn that USA jersey before, and you can bet he wants to do it again. And the story times, the bond that you create, With Jake Sanderson, I'm sure they were on the flight together to Plymouth yesterday. And now camp starts today. So we'll be following that throughout. But getting back to the game that was, and Tyler Clevin, the the highlight reel from that game with two monster hits, the goal looking great, drag, shoot, Sally. But Shane Pinto, like this guy might be the best player in college hockey so far. Early returns. Yes, but not only in the faceoff circle where yeah, he didn't go eight, 18 and 0 in on Sunday, but his record on the season still over 70% and leading directly to goals, one of them being a beautiful snap it back, Jake Sanderson gets it, puts it right up the middle and Reese Gaber, we've talked about this guy, holy hands team for the 5 foot 8 freshman from Manitoba, maybe a future senator, who knows, but just what Shane Pinto brings on that end and on the power play. We know him in the OV spot. He creeped a little further down for his first goal, though. Hey, Pills? Yeah, yeah, he did a
1: lot further down. But I want to talk about that goal you were just uh, talking about right off the face-off. Like, I think if you're a coach... You're probably saving that 13-second video, and you're putting it on your wall of fame or wherever. Like, that is perfectly executed. Winning the draw clean to Jake Sanderson. Jake Sanderson hits uh, Reese Gaber perfectly in stride as he's crossing the blue line. And then that goalie's still looking for his jock strap. Like, he got absolutely undressed there. But, yeah, getting back to Shane Pinto. Still elite on the face-off thought. And what I like is his drive. Like that one goal that he scored where it just squeaked through the goalies. That was his was, second. Yeah, his second goal. Just sitting there. A guy like Shane Pinto, he doesn't have to grind and work that hard to get a goal against a team that they know they're going to just destroy, let's be honest. But he wants to. He's, he's got an, a thing to prove as well. And he dives in there to try to knock that puck in and he gets it. So
0: after the first period, it was Shane Pinto, two, Western Michigan, zero, with two shots on goal. So that just kind of shows you what kind of mismatch. And poor, poor uh, Matt Kane, the Ottawa native, unable to stop the UND attack over that. And as you mentioned, in a tough circumstance himself. But all four Nodak's ends looking awfully sharp. So this is no disrespect to any of them, but let's go through it now, Pilsy. Our Nodak Sense power rankings with all four of them all started off with number one. We'll count down because Shane Pinto, we just talked about him. There has been no senator, no player better than him in the NCHC pod. Me, like Carter Savoy has been really good with Denver, but Shane Pinto, just his whole bag of tricks he brings to the table, unmatched.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like... When you go 18 and 0 in the faceoff, dot, he could have lost almost every faceoff in this game and it would still have been impressive. And yeah, he's got the assists, he's got the power play points. This is exactly what we wanted to see from Shane Pinto, and he's proving it here.
0: So, who is number two? We took out the forward in a hurry. So now we're left with three Senators' defense prospects. Which one has impressed you versus expectations the most?
1: Well, when you say versus expectation, that's interesting, but I'm going to spin it this way. It's, It's Jake Sanderson for me, and the versus expectations part of that is a lot of people came into this season not sure how much of an offensive defenseman Jake Sanderson could be. He shut those people up real quick, an absolute bomb for his first goal. We just talked about that beautiful play from Pinto Sanderson to Reese Gabert. That's incredible. His assist where he had four Denver players on him in the corner and he gets it out to the point with a nice backhand pass. That kind of stuff is just incredible. That's, that's where we're talking about hockey IQ here. We're not talking about pure skill and talent and strength and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We don't even need to get to that. His hockey IQ is through the roof. And, we're going to see a lot of Jake Sanderson. I think, I think people maybe need to pump the brakes a little. I don't think we need to be uh, crowning him a Norris uh, caliber defenseman after three college games, but it's looking pretty good so far, not going to lie.
0: Later in the show, we'll tell you about another poll. We did put that up as well, so have your say of the order of the Nodak Sens prospects, but also, who's the number two Sens prospect behind Timmy Superstar and has your opinion changed? All that at Sens Central. Now back to our list. At number three, this is where it gets interesting.
1: Yeah, number three, and look, you got two really good players left in JBD and Clevin, but again, I'm going to use your wording. You said against expectations. It's, it's Clevin here. Like, this is, this is someone who a lot of people were down on and absolutely scratching their head when the Sens traded up to get this guy, but he's got the raw talent. He's a big, mean defenseman that can throw hits, but any time you see a D-man that has the confidence to toe-drag a guy like that and then absolutely snipe one – top corner and then a beautiful selly after like I think this guy's got more in his bag of tricks than than we really know and when he's able to prove it in a in a quick amount of time at when he goes up a competition level that really shows you what kind of player Tyler Clevin is
0: we have the same lists and what I love is this this stat all you graph guys out there How many times he knocked a guy on his ass in his first three games? Every time somebody comes in, you have to know when Tyler Clevin is on the ice, and that takes away. Maybe you're about to make a skill play. You're like, oh, no, I'm about to get stepped up on. Whereas JBD, he defends with his outrageously solid gap control. He's still good at moving the puck. A a couple mental lapses, and you could say that for all three of the defensemen. They're not going to be perfect every time that they have the puck. Uh, you saw that one JBD miss Sanderson and then Sanderson tried to regroup and then ultimately gave the puck away, whereas JBD showing some, some fleet of footness where he's able to chase down the, the opposition on the rush. I think that was in the Friday game, though, against Denver. All these games, it's so great. They're coming fast and furious at a pro level. And it's not only the North Dakota fighting Senators. We got some more Ottawa Senators on the score sheet. Well, Donny Tyconic has that one assist, but man. You look at Luke Lohite playing on the fourth line. This guy has clearly been crushing some built Bars because built Bars, they're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and when you need that extra boost of energy, they're there for you. They come in 16 amazing flavors. Eight have nuts. Eight come nut-free, but all of them are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bars, they're low in calorie, low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. a clear-cut nutritional grand slam. Now, let's get to Pillsy's Pick of the Week.
1: Well, Ross, last time you said usually you like to have yogurts and and berries for your breakfast, and I gave you a berry suggestion. That wasn't the only berry flavor that Bilt Bar has, and this one, this is a real treat. Cherry Barcia. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, a nice fruity 100% 100% real chocolate covered protein bar. You guys are going to love this. That's Pillsy's pick of the week this time. Cherry Barcia.
0: Ooh, nice call on the cherry Barcia. To see all the great flavors that Built Bar offers, go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. That gets you 20% off Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. builtbar.com, use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Pilsey. Well, as play-by-play voice Alex Heinert, friend of the show, would say, we had another player open his account in the NCHC pod, Luke Lohite, getting on the board with Minnesota Duluth, and it was a beauty.
1: Yeah, great job by Luke Lohide here on a two-on-one, and he just opens himself up for that one-timer, and bang, that's in the net. And for a fourth-line guy on a really championship-contending team to be able to contribute, that's pretty impressive. So I think we're going to see little flashes of Luke Lohide here. Maybe he's not going to get the power play time. He's not going to be in there in crunch time. But I think when he gets the opportunity, he's going to show he can put the puck in the back of the net.
0: It's a day off completely in the NCHC pod after a wild... Few games. Every team with three games played except Omaha, the hosts, have one extra, whereas Colorado College, still waiting to join the pod, they are at even. So, your standings. So, the three remaining undefeated teams, all at 3 0 are the St. Cloud State, the Nodak Sens, and the aforementioned Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs and Luke Lohite. So, we're excited for another great week of NCHC pod action. But, Pilsy, while we're here, we may as well talk about another. Sen abroad and this one is in europe great to see eric branstrom who some didn't know if he was going to play another game with his team and that's what i'm calling it from now on until he leaves switzerland because i'm not about to get caught in one of those abbreviation vortexes again but he got an assist and wow his team won they scored four goals in one game
1: yeah, what a shocker. I mean, Branstrom's usually on the losing side of those ones uh, when he's been over in the Swiss League. But hey, uh, it's good to see Eric Branstrom still playing. Uh, he's still getting assists. This this league is is below Branstrom, I would definitely say, at this point. But it, I really thought he was on his way home. It seemed like that. It seemed like he wasn't hanging around the team anymore after all their kind of COVID-related pauses. And there's also been reports that a lot of uh, the Senators players are now in Ottawa quarantining, having come from either Europe or most most of them are the American players living in the States like Brady Kachuk, Colin White, Josh Norris, et cetera. So it's going to be interesting to see when Branstrom does make that trip over here because it's got to happen soon, you you would think.
0: I teased it earlier in the poll that we put up. Who is the be- second best prospect behind Timmy Superstar? And I'm a little surprised. Eric Branstrom coming out. Last so far, still plenty of time to have your say. Go to AdSense Central on Twitter, but through almost 300 votes, Eric Brandstrom under 14%. And I think maybe a bit of recency bias, or maybe people are just realizing a top five pick should have some prestige to that. Jake Sanderson in the lead here at 40%. Your thoughts.
1: Well, my vote was Eric Branstrom. So I'm just as surprised as you. And look, I know, I get it. The Mark Stone uh, trade, it still hurts. People are still expecting immediate returns from Eric Branstrom. That's fine. I'll preach patience. I think this guy has so much offensive ability. We've seen him in Belleville. He he didn't get a fair chance when he brought, was brought up to the NHL. He wasn't ready. I think Eric Branstrom really is right behind Tim Stutzer. And he's played at an AHL level dominantly and he has NHL time and he's dominating in the Swiss League I think it's just a matter of time before Sens fans really see what they have in Eric Branstrom but I get the Jake Sanderson hype and I, I still think he's the best defenseman in the draft and he does so many things so right but like I said earlier it's three college games in I'm not ready to crown him uh, a Norris contender just yet but it's looking pretty good
0: it looks Awesome. And Josh Norris, another former college player, has 17% of the vote. He's in third place, actually, because Drake Batherson is taking up nearly 30% of the vote. So you can still go have your say at Sens Central on Twitter. Who is the number two prospect? Like, Sanderson's one. Then you have Drake Batherson at 31% coming in second. And then Josh Norris, also ahead of Eric Branstrom at 17%. Plenty of time to get your votes in. We'll break it down on tomorrow's show. Also, Dennis Bonvey coming up tomorrow. He, at one point, had the most penalty minutes in a single season in AHL history, and he's got some great stories to boot. So you don't want to miss that on tomorrow's Locked On Senators. If you follow us on Twitter as well, you'll know we teased that for today. But with so much to get to and more at the latter half of this show, We just decided to push it to tomorrow, but still a great interview coming. And after you're done listening to Locked On Senators, Pillsy, the Locked On NHL show, which we've been featured on as well, that's a great place for fans to go for their daily hockey needs. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, the the Locked On Network, we've got a show for every single team, but there's so much, even with the NHL not playing and we don't know when the nhl is going to come back there's so much stuff going on and locked on nhl has you covered from an entire league
0: standpoint absolutely it's sarah Avampado. she's with the locked on kings podcast as well so she gets reactions there to trades deep dives on teams destined to be at the top of the standings definitely not the one she covers though and just make sure that you subscribe to the locked on nhl podcast and follow at locked on NHL, we had Nolan Bianchi who does the locked on Red Wings, he's been our new social media coordinator for that channel. So don't miss it, he features little clips and graphics, all kinds of great content coming out of the At locked on NHL Twitter feed. Pillsy, we got to get back to another article like Bruce Garyok, he's been all over the foundation of the Ottawa Senators. So many great articles, first hand recounts of. That, that That milestone, Ottawa getting an NHL team, that's huge, but talk about dropping a little something on top his article today saying that both Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat offered to come to Belleville following the Sen season. What's your initial reaction reading that?
1: I love that, and honestly it's it's more this is more of a situation like I don't think I don't think anyone seriously thought. Thomas Chabot and Brady Kachuk were going to be sent down to Belleville for the playoff push. But the fact that they thought about this is huge because, look, sure, these guys are for sure NHL stars. Like, they've been playing in the NHL for more than one season. They have good sample size. We know they're able to perform at a high level. So they don't need to go to Belleville at all. But don't forget, these are young kids. Like, these are the same There's the same age as, as your – Drake Bathersons, you know, your, your Eric Brandstrom's, all these guys, they're in a similar age pool. So for them to go down there and to gain chemistry and to win some playoff games, that would have been awesome. I think it's, it's unfortunate, obviously, Shabbat didn't qualify for that. Brady could have done that, but I don't think it was going to happen. But it's the thought that counts. And what an amazing playoff series that would have been. Like Brady Kachuk would have been an absolute beast down there.
0: Yeah, we even put up on Twitter just going through what the potential lineup could have been. And good on them. Like, that just shows a, an added bit of leadership. Like, can they split the C? No, I actually don't like that when one's a home in a way. We've seen that before. That's no, that's a, a faux pas to say the least. Just but,
1: give it to Shabbat.
0: I mean, Shabbat's literally the longest tenured senator right now. Like, to send him to the minors would have been absolutely hilarious. He's already playing 35 minutes sometimes in the NHL. Like, that would have been a complete joke little some people forget Thomas Chabot played for the Belleville Senators Brady Kachuk right into the National League which also means that Brady's going to need to be paid a little bit earlier now Eugene Melnick and another Bruce Garriott fluff piece we'll call this one a fluff piece because not only does Eugene Melnick kind of scroll back on saying that they're going to spend to the unparalleled success levels that would be at the top of the list to be fair there's been a pandemic. Everyone's been hit financially since then. He still says they'll be within the middle of the pack. But what do you make of this, the timing for this? This is a, what to me seems like an owner just reaching out to a uh, reporter saying, I would like to pack myself on the bat for the great job I've done. When the last time this team played, they were in second last place. The year before, they were in last place. The year before, they're in last place. So what, what the hell is this? Yeah, that was an interesting
1: one for sure. And you make a good point there. I don't think you can be patting yourself too much on the back when you've been one of the worst teams in the league for a couple of years here. But that's all been part of the plan, right? So that's where I think it's okay. But I think for for Eugene Melnick to be really kind of tooting his own horn that he has torn apart this team and traded away generational talent like no one else before – That's a weird move being, uh, being proud of uh, shipping out some of the greatest players this franchise has ever seen, but whatever it's, it's all part of the plan. And look, I think the timing worked out perfectly for like for them to have this many draft picks in one of the deepest drafts in over a decade is incredible. And if, if he does stay true to his word, and we lock some of these guys up, obviously starting with Brady, then Stutzler, Sanderson, all these guys get locked up. you are looking at an amazing team here if they all pan out how it looks. But the one thing about the article I didn't like, Ross, is him proclaiming that they were going to be buyers at this year's deadline. I think that's maybe jumping the gun a little too soon here.
0: I think that he more so meant they weren't going to be sellers anymore. And simply, like who do they have left to sell that is going to be of any value? So from that Knee standpoint it's pretty bare bones and hey the arty party showed me an overtime win at one of the two games i attended last year so i'm all for it um however he's about to get passed by many on the depth chart which is good news if you're an ottawa senators fan so lots to look forward to pilsey but at the same time pilsey i'm also of the mind that eugene melnick he's a business owner claiming his business is going to do well so can you really is there any surprise there Probably not, but from one controversial owner to a controversial topic, and maybe we're fabricating controversy, but it came to our attention from a family member of Tyler Clevin that at the US TDP, he was nicknamed the Big Rig. Is that case for a cease and desist in Ottawa?
1: I think as long as he doesn't try to bring that nickname with him to Ottawa, we'll let him have it in, uh, he can be the Nodak Big Rig, that's for sure, because I would say Tyler Clevin definitely embodies everything that comes along with the nickname Big Rig.
0: But what should his nickname be then? Can we play off of the Big Rig? Like you can't call a six foot four 18 year old the Little Rig or the, the the like. What like what would be something? I I can't think of one. And I feel like we're usually nicknamed guys. So if you have any suggestions, hit us up on Twitter at Send Central. But the Big Rig, that's taken.
1: I actually yeah. kind of like Lil Rig. You know, when uh, when rappers use that, like ironically, like a bigger dude put, puts like Lil in front of his name. I think that would actually be a little bit funny, but we can do better than
0: that. I think so. So have your say on Twitter at Sens Central, but a little faux controversy as Tyler Clevin heads to World Junior Camp. And you mentioned the just plethora of draft picks that came to Ottawa in the 2020 draft. Thanks to Clevin being named to Team USA's preliminary roster, you can now count, yes, that's five, The top five picks for Ottawa, all invited to their tournament's pre-draft roster. Tim Stutzla, about to be named captain of Germany. Jake Sanderson, inching his way up, I think could play in a top four role. Ridley Gregg, that's a tough one. You've got Kirby Dock. You have these NHL-level players that are taking up the center of the ice with Team Canada. But just being invited as one of the youngest players in the draft, that's great there. Rock and Robbie Arventi, he's at the Finland camp. Tyler Clevin, you just love to see all that depth coming through.
1: Yeah, and anytime you get multiple prospects with multiple countries in the World Junior Tournament from your team, it just makes it all the more exciting to watch. Like, Obviously, I've, uh, I've made it clear that uh, I have some German background, so I'll be rooting for Team Germany, even if Tim Stutzler wasn't there, but him being the, basically the number one guy there and the leader there, I'm going to be cheering for them even more. And Basically? And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a little conservative there. But uh and even team USA, like obviously we're team Canada, we bleed red, but I'm going to be hoping that Jake Sanderson gets a good chance to play in some competitive uh championship games coming down the line here.
0: Oh, it's going to be so exciting and we are less than 3 weeks away. 19 days to boot until Christmas, sure but actually until the World Juniors. And speaking of Christmas, when you're decorating the tree, who needs Christmas music when you could have the Locked On Senators podcast?
1: Yeah, I absolutely love this. Shout out Margaret O'Toole, a, a Sen Central citizen, one of the best. And yeah, her tweet was just hilarious. You are listening to Christmas music while decorating your tree. I'm listening to a podcast interview with uh, former Ottawa Senator Christoph Schubert. We are not the same. That's the kind of stuff we love to see. Like, I just, just getting in the holiday spirit, listening to Shuby. That's awesome.
0: And remember, you can get into the holiday spirit, true. Give your. Family members, your loved ones, the gift of content this holiday season with one free subscription to the Locked On Senators podcast, wherever you download your podcast. Great stuff coming later this week. I mentioned Dennis Bonvie. We also have Jake Brandt. Yes, the sidekick of Alex Heiner, the color commentator of these UND games. He's coming up later this week. And yes, he used to be a Nodak Tendy. So, as a goalie friendly show, we'll be ecstatic to have him on but for today we say goodbye for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day